Chapter Thirty of Pipefuls. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Pipefuls by Christopher Morley. Chapter Thirty, Brooklyn Bridge. A windy day, one would have said, in the dark channels of downtown ways, in the chop house on John Street. Lunchtime patrons came blustering in wrapped in overcoats and mufflers with something of that air of ostentatious hardiness that men always assume on coming into a warm room from a cold street thick chops were hissing on the rosy grill at the foot of the stairs in one of the little crowded stalls a man sat with a glass of milk it was the first time we had been in that chop house for several years it doesn't seem the same as mr wordsworth said it is not now as it hath been of yore but still the homely nurse doth all she can to make her foster-child her inmate man forget the glories he hath known it's a queer thing that all these imitation beers taste to us exactly as real beer did the first time we tasted it we were seven years old and shuddered two glasses of cider we said to the comely serving-mates alas that nature yet remembers what was so fugitive there is a nice point of etiquette involved in lunching in a crowded chop-house does the fact of having bought and eaten a moderate meal entitle one to sit with one's companion for a placid talk and smoke afterward or is one compelled to relinquish the table as soon as one is finished to make place for later comers these last are standing menacingly near by gazing bitterly upon us as we look over the card and debate the desirability of having some tapioca pudding but our presiding juno has already settled the matter and made courtesy a matter of necessity these gentlemen will be through in a moment she says to the new candidates our companion the amiable g w was just then telling us of a brand of synthetic whiskey now being distilled by a famous tavern of the underworld the superlative charm of this beverage seems to be the extreme rigidity it imparts to the persevering communicant what does it taste like we asked rather like gnawing furniture said g w it's like a long healthy draught of shellac it seems to me that it would be less trouble if you offered the barkeep fifty cents to hit you over the head with a hammer the general effect would be about the same and you wouldn't feel nearly so bad in the morning a windy day and perishing chill we thought as we strolled through the gloomy caverns and crypts underneath the brooklyn bridge those twisted vistas seen through the archways give an impression of wrecked louvain a great bonfire was burning in the middle of the street under the pearl street elevated the sunlight drifted through the girders in a lively checker patterning piles of gray-black snow with a criss-cross of brightness we had wanted to show our visitor franklin square which he as a man of letters had always thought of as a trimly garden plot surrounded by quiet little old-fashioned houses with brass knockers and famous authors tripping in and out as we stood examining the facade of harper and brothers our friend grew nervous he was carrying under his arm the dummy of an export catalogue for a big brass foundry that being his line of work they'll think we're free verse poets trying to get up courage enough to go in and submit a manuscript he said and dragged us away 
a windy day we had said in the grimy recesses of cliff and dover streets approaching this sentiment for the third time perhaps we may be permitted to accomplish our thought and say what we had in mind but up on the airy decking of the brooklyn bridge where we repaired with g w for a brief stroll the afternoon seemed mild and tranquil it is a mistake to assume that the open spaces are the windier the subway is new york's home of alas and most of the gusts that buffet us on the streets are merely hastening round a corner in search of the nearest subway entrance so that they can get down there where they feel they belong up on the bridge it was plain to perceive that the march sunshine had elements of strength the air was crisp but genial a few pedestrians were walking resolutely toward the transpatine borough the cop on duty stood outside his little cabin with the air of one ungrieved by care behind us stood the high profiles of the lower city sharpened against the splendidly clear blue sky which is new york's special blessing on the water moved a large tug towing barges smoke trailed behind it in the same easy and comfortable way that tobacco reek gushes over a man's shoulder when he walks across a room puffing his pipe the bridge is a curiously delightful place to watch the city from walking toward the central tower seems like entering a vast spider's web the footway between the criss-cross cables draws one inward with a queer fascination the perspective diminishing the network to the eye so that it seems to tighten round as you advance even when there is but little traffic the bridge is never still it is alive trembling vibrant the foot moves with a springy recoil one feels the lift and strain of gigantic forces and looks in amazement on the huge sagging housers that carry the load the bars and rods quiver the whole lively fabric is full of a tremor but one that conveys no sense of insecureness it trembles as a tree whispers in a light air and of the view from the bridge it is too sweeping to carry wholly in mind best one thinks it is seen in a winter dusk when the panes of manhattan's mountains are still blazing against a crystal blue-green sky and the last flush of an orange sunset lingers in the west such we saw at once coming over from brooklyn very hungry after walking in most of the way from jamaica and pledged in our own resolve not to breakfast until reaching a certain inn on pearl street where they used to serve banana omelettes dusk simplifies the prospect washes away the lesser units fills in the foreground with obliterating shadow leaves only the monstrous sierras of broadway jagged against the vault it deepens the incredible panorama into broad sweeps of gold and black and peacock blue which one may file away in memory tangled eeries of shining windows swimming in empty air as seen in the full brilliance of noonday the bristle of detail is too bewildering to carry in one clutch of the senses the eye is distracted by the abysses between buildings by the uneven elevation of the summits by the jumbled compression of the streets in the vastness of the scene one looks in vain for some guiding principle of arrangement by which vision can focus itself it is better not to study this strange and disturbing outlook too minutely lest one lose what knowledge of it one has let one do as the veteran prowlers of the bridge stroll pensively to and fro in the sun taking man's miracles for granted exhilarated and content
End of chapter 30